and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. If you are new with us today, you might not have been to a discussion type thing with us. You might have only just barely been to something in there with us. When we are in here, I just want to tell you almost what you can expect and what you cannot expect. Um, Rob will come and talk through, share some ideas, share some thoughts, and then he'll pose some questions. And on the table you're sitting on, he'll ask you to consider that. You will find very warm, very welcoming, very open people on your table who are not going to judge you for anything you say. We've not secretly got the answers up our sleeve that we really want you to think. You will find we are an incredibly diverse group of people. So even those of us who come here regularly, we don't think the same thing, which is glorious and challenging in equal measure. Because actually we are very open to having the conversation about all that faith may mean to each one of us and to together learning from one another. You are also not at any point going to be picked on to speak. You are not going to be passed a microphone. You are not going to be asked to feed back. So please feel safe. Please feel comfortable. Please feel as at home as you can um, because that's what we would like the experience to be. And someone reminded me this week that there is a difference between listening and listening to respond. Sometimes we listen because we're waiting for our turn to speak. And sometimes we listen because we're listening to genuinely understand what the other person is trying to say. So I would encourage you to be a great listener in the room this morning but also to just be willing to maybe even take one or two risks at vulnerability to move the conversation forward Um, and let's have a great great time together okay I'm gonna hand to you Rob I've not been in this back hall um, since I was 17 Uh, (laughs) which is a few years ago now but it's it's nice to be back I've also never been at one of these so all we know for sure is it will go wrong, but hopefully it will go wrong in an okay way. Um, I think you know that it's going to be um, a, bit of a, a bit of an esoteric conversation when the theme is Alice in Wonderland. Uh, it's sort of got in my head, Kev style, um, and I, I saw this rabbit, which I have bought, that's an angry rabbit. You probably can't see it from here. That, that's a rabbit that's going to blow. But I have fallen in love with it, and I'm going to give it a home, and I'm going to try and turn its life around. There we go. <laughs> poor, poor Danny is back from his holiday. That's not the bit to give him sympathy for, but... Um, I've supplied him a load of slides 
and a clip in completely the wrong shape. So we're going to see now what happens. But could we have the clip, please? If you want to see some real overacting, watch Johnny Depp in that. In that it's, it's quite something to behold. So the first thing is you're going to need to bear with me uh, because I'm, I'm going to start with some Greek philosophy, as all good talks do. So Alfred North Whitehead, who is not a Greek philosopher, said this, Western philosophy is only a series of footnotes to Plato. So what did Plato say? Well, quite a lot of very complicated things. But the key thing that I want to talk about this morning, and I want you all to talk about this morning, is that there is a distinction between the essence of something and its particular expression at any one time. Now, Plato even managed to get into the creeds. Uh, when we read the creeds and it says that Jesus is the same essence as the Father, that's Plato. So Plato's found his way even into the creeds of the Christian church. Given our cat example, just to try and explain Plato a bit more, there's an essence of a cat. If you think in your head, cat, you've got an idea of a cat in your head. But then, there are particular cats. And those particular cats are born, and they grow, and they age, and they eventually die. Um, they also get into fights and get lost. Actually, I meant to read you this because it's funny. We have a WhatsApp group for the road that, uh, that we live on in London. Um, and... Blissett Street, WhatsApp group. Evening all, our boy Reggie has gone walkabout. He's been gone for 24 hours, which is not like him. He's dark gray with amber grayish eyes. He unfortunately doesn't have a collar as he keeps losing them. If anyone sees him, can you please give me a shout? This is... What day? Saturday. We get a picture of Reggie, resplendent. And then, after lots of texts expressing great worry, we have this. We are all relieved to say that Reggie is home. <laughs> he's thinner, he's very hungry, but otherwise he seems fine. And then someone says he's a very naughty boy. <laughs> and someone else thinks that she's referring to her husband. So, <laughs> real cats are an imperfect example of our idea of a cat, the essence of a cat in Plato's thought, is timeless and constant. But then we have real cats 
And those cats are always changing. And they're always imperfect. Now, just to complicate it a bit further, when it comes to humans, we have the same idea, but we use different terms. So we talk about being, as in a human being, and being carries exactly the same idea as essence. So a being is unchanging, and it's, an, it's the idea of something. It's its, um, it's its essence. That's where it comes from. However, real individual human beings like you and like me are always, just like the cat, in a state of flux. And this is often called, and I've heard it used at Q Church, this is called being in a state of becoming. And if you're becoming, you're in a state of change. And Plato's theory is that that becoming should be moving further towards and nearer to your essence. Don't worry, it gets easier. Now, the New Testament's got some similar ideas. I don't think, I say I don't think, it doesn't seem like uh, Paul had read Plato. However, there's some similar ideas. In Ephesians 1.4, it says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. So if God is choosing us before creation, what's the us? It's the essence of us. It's the idea of us. It's the Plato form of us that God must have chosen because there wasn't a creation, so we weren't there. But then it goes on in Romans 8, 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. The idea here is that we get interconnected with Jesus and we are in a state of becoming more and more like the image of God. So some of the ideas are in the New Testament as well, that there's an essence of something and then there's its real expression in the real world which is always in change and should be changing to become closer to what it really is. So, I hear you ask and see on your faces, what has this got to do with anything at all, especially Q? Well, I want to suggest today, and I hope you'll sort of enter into it, I want to suggest that there is the idea of Q. There's the essence of Q. There's the song of Q. And you talk about these things, actually. There's something which is right at the center of what Q is. However, there's also an expression of Q at any one time, and that's changed, and it continues to change. And I want to suggest that Q is also in a state of becoming. It's in a state of change. 
And I would say that anything that's not the essence of Q should be up for change and be on the table for change. All its formats, all its programs, the way it's organized, where it's located, all those things, they're just expressions of the essence of Q. And therefore, I think it's really important that Q stays in a degree of flux, is always changing, is always trying to get nearer to what its essence really is. Well, you've actually had a go at saying what you think its essence really is in this reformatted slide <laughs> that now fits on the screen. This is just from the website, as I'm sure you are aware. But actually, Q's website talks a lot about the essence of Q. Much more, I had to look at a few other places, much more than other places do. So how have you captured it at the point that this was all written? Q is, and of course you've got that revolving thing, and if you're trying to make notes on it, you have to be quite patient, and sometimes you have to wait for it to come round again because you've missed it. Q is unconventional by design, a culture, a way of life, a community, and diversity. But I also lifted out some of the other things that are to do with the essence of Q from the way that Q is described. A spiritual quest. It's about honesty and authenticity. It's about things making sense. Looking for things that are deeper than belief and new ways to believe and trying to find a more beautiful gospel. It's actually quite profound stuff about what Q is or was. And so the first thing that I'd love you to talk about for a few minutes is just to say, does that still represent the essence of Q? Has it stood the test of time? Or have you discovered some new things? Do you have a sense of unease about some of this a few years out? Has this captured it? And if not, what would you add? Or what would you subtract? So let's have a few minutes talking about that. And I can sit down so I don't fall over. <laughs> if you could just bring this part of the conversation to a close. We've got another one coming, so don't worry. Um, We've got all that sorted now, so uh, if any of the tables didn't reach a clear conclusion, you can just ha have a chat to us. That was a joke. A few people looking a little bit seriously there. Maybe they have done that. So, if I needed to say bear with me on the first part, here's a double bear with me on the second part. Can we just have the next? Oh, that was the discussion piece. Uh, okay. So now I want to sort of turn it back round the other way and say, if 
expressions really come from the essence of something, can you learn anything by looking backwards? So can you see anything important from, from actually, in the case of, Q, of, of Q Church, what does Q Church do? And does that give us clues to its essence? <clears throat> and I've chosen to frame this around two debates that I've heard over the months that I've been involved. I could have picked many other things, but I've just picked two examples. Can we, there we go. So the two questions that I've heard being debated, or two of about 202, should Q be more outwardly focused or inwardly focused? And does Q have a primary Christian identity or is it a pluralist organization now where there isn't a primacy of one worldview? Now these are not supposed to be yes and no's. These are sort of, these lines, think of them like a spectrum. So you could plot it anywhere. But then what I decided to do was to try and think about what I've observed. And then I've used some of my own terminology, which is going to require some explanation. So, let's start with an easy one. I think in the, in the big ice-breaking journey, it was kind of public, and it was to my mind, very Christian, because what it was doing was breaking down the common Christian narrative. It was deconstructing it. And the points of reference were very much traditional Christianity. And so I think the church had a really long phase of public icebreaking, which was both outwardly focused. Of course, it had an inward thing as well, but it was outwardly focused and it had a Christian identity. I'll pick the easy one. You obviously do performing arts things, and Origins is coming up, which don't have a religious identity of any kind, but they are public and they're out there in the community. So that's an easy one. And I'm sure there's other things that could have been picked. So what on earth do I mean by new Christian humanism at the bottom? Um, by the way, I'm thinking of calling it cumanism. <laughs> TM. <laughs> um, I think I can detect something that started to happen in the, in the conversation. Christian humanism has occurred twice in history. Firstly, in the Renaissance, and then secondly, particularly in Britain, um, after World War II, what is it? Basically, Christian humanism is an embrace of all the other disciplines of psychology, science, the social sciences, art, but within an overarching narrative of the Christian faith, 
but it's very broad and integrative. It tends to have a very high view of humans made in the image of God. And so when I think about things like Joel's talk on original sin, and I think about um, Jenny's talk on the Christ-soaked universe, I think they all sit in here where there's an exploration of reality in a really broad sense, but inside a set of broad Christian assumptions. And then on the other side, I've got something that I've called the creedless quest, which is basically just exploring things as things. So it, it could be psychology, it could be from therapy, it could be from science, it could be from anywhere, it could be from another religion. It's a quest that's not governed by one worldview. I think I can see all of these things at the same time at Q. Although I think there's been some shifts actually in the relative emphasis of them, even in my time. But I think they're all still present. And I'm sure there's a lot of ways of looking at it, but I've got two for you. Let me have the first one, please. Quantum Q. Let me just explain quantum mechanics. No, I'm not. <laughs> quantum mechanics allows that it's simplest something to be in more than one place at the same time. And I think what you could do is you could say, actually, look at what we're actually doing. Some of it might even be a bit of a paradox. Some of it might not fit neatly together. But actually, the essence of Q is to be in more than one place at once. And therefore, in a sense, it doesn't matter. Quantum Q. You can have a Christian identity one week and you can have a pluralist one the following week. You can be very focused inside the week after and you can have origins the week after it. And that actually you don't need to reconcile all those things together. You can be in more than one place at once, like a quantum particle. The only thing with quantum mechanics is it takes a lot of energy to sustain things that maybe don't naturally fit together. And there's sometimes dissonance. Think of that CERN particle accelerator. I mean, they built that thing to get enough energy to split um, atoms into their quantum particles. There's a lot of work involved in actually <laughs> sustaining this. But of course, it could be worth it because it could be in the end, the essence of Q. But there is an alternative. I actually like the way this is written. Let me just read it, because I like it. One day, Alice came to a fork in the road and saw a Cheshire cat in a tree. Which road do I take, she asked. Where do you want to go, was his response. I don't know, Alice answered. Then, said the cat, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter where you set off if you don't care where you end up. 
But of course, what you could say is the fact that there's differences in the expressions of Q, maybe implying that there's differences in the essence of Q, you could say actually some decisions need to be made. It's a fork in the road. We don't need to agree on what we believe. By the way, I'm, not, I'm assuming that's not on the table at all, and I'm, I'm not even introducing that idea. But maybe there needs to be some agreement on what is the essence of Q. Is Q a radical Christian church of some kind? Or is Q a vehicle for creedless wisdom wherever it's to be found? And actually in researching this, I ended up learning a lot about the universalist church, which there's one here. And if you look at some of their videos and some of their material, you could easily have it read out here and it would look right at home. But on some other weeks, it wouldn't. So are there decisions to be made? Does the essence of Q need to be clarified? Do the contradictions need to be lessened? Or is quantum Q a better vision. And just to say it one more time, I'm not talking about having the same beliefs. I'm assuming, a, I'm assuming a whole spectrum of beliefs will continue amongst the group. But this is just about what is Q, not about any of the things that are talked about. So, predictably, this is debate number two. Um, I'm very confident that our table will have it all sorted quite soon, but some of you might need longer. Um, so let's have a chat about that for a few minutes. Okay. <clears throat> if you could draw your conversations to a close. Jenny, how do you do this? How, how do you make people be quiet? You've been a teacher. Do you just, I seem to remember that you just look disappointed. Is that, yeah, that's how I remember it happening. <clears throat> so, I've no idea where you went, and I, don't, and I don't want to know, but given I started with Plato, talked about quantum physics, read from Ephesians and Romans, and I would say the thing with, uh, with the rabbit was probably in the performing arts uh, quadrant. Um, I'm all over the map as well. So the point is, the point is, I think, that Q will always be influenced by its essence, whether you know what it is or not, the kind of essential core of what Q is, the idea, the song of Q, will always, in the end, it'll, it'll find a way to expression. Plato always said that the higher things always influence the lower things, and therefore what you choose to do will always be influenced by the essence of Q. And of course it's up to you as to whether you think that needs to be clarified or not or whether you're very comfortable with the ambiguity of a sort of quantum Q definition that contains some paradox. And as I say, 
I don't want to know what you said because that's kind of the point. But I do think it's interesting. And I would just say um, a final thing. There's a lot of talk in, in a lot of other organizations about expression, about programs and styles and organization structures and leadership preferences and all that stuff. There's a big emphasis down there, but it is down there. I think, I think it's good to th think about the essence of things from time to time and not get trapped in all the things that in the end are more of an expression than the essential nature of the thing itself. And as you know, I think Q has a very special essence, even if I can't um, completely describe it or resolve it. Uh, but there's something that keeps you coming back and keeps me coming back that's very precious. So, I just wanted to, somehow, I'm back in two weeks in a more conventional form. I think this disproves Kev's idea that you might ask the universe for things because who would have asked for that? <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, I've been back in two weeks. Uh, but I'm actually going to take... Um, some of those ideas and see where I can go with them. And uh, I'm so out on a limb that with a telescope, I can see Anth from where I am. <laughs> That's how out on a limb I am. But it's been, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but it's so fascinating uh, when you pose those questions. So, uh, I'm actually quite excited about the whole thing, whether it's a disaster when I try and explain it or not. Uh, but I just wanted to finish with a clip that sort of depicts the sensation I've been having as I've started to do the prep for next week and just as a way of ending this morning. So just to say, I pulled a muscle in my head as well as in my hamstring as a result of, uh, of all that thinking. But I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. And thanks for being patient with me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>